Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Maybe you want to get a piece of that. Pretty good. I want to talk about sexy teens. I was getting erections. It's a very creepy feeling. I can guarantee that underwear theft will come up again. None of this is relevant. Pokemon, Pokeballs. 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Over the break, I finished watching The Mandalorian and I watched The Witcher in a couple of days. And there were two instances within both shows that I found odd. Uh, and it was when the main character, so it's irrelevant, there's no spoilers here uh, in that the main character was captured because honestly, if you couldn't guess that at some point over six or ten episodes, the main character was going to get captured by enemies, uh, you're dumb. So something that I realized, and I know this is probably has a lot to do with visual narrative more than actual writing skill, is they put people in some sort of prison-like situation. They don't seem to think about taking away all their gear. So in The Mandalorian, he's wearing a suit of armor. And that suit of armor within it has weapons. It has stuff. It has things that helps him survive. Uh, but, of course, the whole point of The Mandalorian is they don't show his face. So they keep the helmet on. So when they put him in prison, they leave his helmet on. They leave his armor on. Uh, but that doesn't make any sense. The first thing you would do if you were arresting or capturing or holding a guy wearing a suit of armor is strip him of his suit of armor. And if he had any useful stuff in it, you would take that stuff. Now, within the Witcher universe, he's wearing leather, which you'd be like, okay, well, there's not really any sort of things in there that he could use to escape. But the whole point of the Witcher universe is that Witchers can kind of use magic. They can kind of use stuff. So leaving him with even like a necklace on doesn't make sense because for all you know, his necklace is magic. I don't actually remember if it is or not. I don't think it is, but you would need to be that cautious. If he has a ring, that could be magic. If he has some sort of vial of stuff, he's, he's shown drinking vials of stuff multiple times throughout the series. Again, if that's a spoiler for you, you need to chill the fuck out. The point I'm making though is if he had any object on him, you would need to take it away because for all you know, that is magical in nature. So you got to take his clothes. Yes, because he actually might have magical clothes. You need to take his, his, any, any ornaments he's wearing. You need to take any objects off his body. Otherwise, you are just leaving him with more opportunities to overpower you and escape. It would have ruined the Mandalorian because... The whole point was the taking off his mask would have been a big reveal and you're not supposed to show his face, keep the helmet on. Much like Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd's supposed to keep his helmet on. Uh, if you've read the comics, they actually show him getting out of the shower with his helmet on. Now, other judges, they take their helmets off. This is irrelevant. It was just a helmet thing. But it was really good in the Carl Urban movie. He never takes his helmet off. So you never actually see Carl Urban's face despite the fact that, you know, face, facial recognition is a big thing for actors. But if you're writing a script right now, if you're one of those people, and you have your hero get imprisoned, I think you should have them get stripped down. Now, 
it will take a little bit more work to get them out of the prison. Uh, maybe they have to use more intelligence, more trickery, uh, more wile and guile. But it would actually serve for a better story. And if you need to have them keep their face covered, you really can't have them get captured because the first thing you would do is take off their mask or helmet. So happy new year. It's 2020. Uh, we're back. Yay. I don't think you cared that much that I was gonna... still got downloads while I wasn't posting, which I was super happy about. That means people are either catching up or going back to listen to old episodes or whatnot. So I, I was really happy to see that downloads continued even when I took a break. That was really nice. Uh, I am trying out a new feature called voicelink.fm. It's in beta. So if you go to voicelink.fm slash Velocipodcast, you can record an audio message and it will get sent to me Well, I will go there and get it. I will post a link in the show notes. So you can just press that. It will take you there automatically and it takes you to a website. I just tried it on my phone. It works very easily. You do have to give your whatever phone browser access to your microphone. But I mean, honestly, you've probably done that already anyways. You can record a message. You could even write a message. I don't see the point because you can just send me an email. At the end of the episode, it says, you know, you can tweet at Velocipeter or send an email at velocipodcast at gmail.com. But now there's an option. The one I would prefer more, people send me a couple voice messages. I've gotten a lot of messages here and there over the years I've been making the podcast. I always want to include them, but I always feel kind of weird reading them out in my voice when I would really like to hear your voice. Because maybe you want to say something really sarcastic. Maybe you don't. I, I don't know. Uh, but I would like your tone to come through so that my response can be appropriate to your tone. You can go to voicelink.fm slash velocipodcast on the internet. I will put a link in the show notes. You can just click on that. I will also put it on the website. So if you go to velocipeter.com, it'll be there. I really look forward to hearing from people uh, like the Hogwarts debate where I said that Hogwarts was Trump's America. I had a lot of people come to me and say things. I really would have liked to have those things, you know, become part of the show. Uh, when I started dishing on the Power Rangers and the fact that they would all die when their Zords transformed into a giant robot, uh, Tommy, a friend of mine and a friend of the podcast, he got, he took that real personal because uh, I guess Power Rangers is his whole life or something. And, you know, he will now have an avenue, a, a opportunity to voice uh, his concerns, his beliefs, uh, that I can then shoot those down too, because he's wrong. So this question, I believe it came from Reddit, but someone sent it to me. The question is, you just killed someone. The Scooby gang drives up outside your house. What do you do to get rid of them? Scooby-Doo didn't deal with a lot of murder, for being really honest. Most of the time, uh, the premise of the show was uh, there was oil or gold or something that someone, the bad guy of the episode, wanted to keep people away from. And their plan was to imitate or mimic a monster ghoul of some sort to scare people away while they abused the resource that they were trying to probably steal. So I don't remember there being a lot of murders in Scooby-Doo. That's not to say they didn't investigate murders. Maybe they didn't put those shows on. That was sort of the late night version of Scooby-Doo, the more adult version. I've seen one adult version of Scooby-Doo uh, that we won't be discussing today. 
it involved primarily the females. But what do you do to get rid of them is actually quite easy because they we know they are primarily focused on the supernatural and explaining away or finding out the supernatural. That will attract them. What you have to do is do nothing that would imply anything supernatural has happened. So the van rolls up and I guess Freddy, the, the guy with the, the neckerchief, he gets out and he comes and talks to you, probably wanting directions. That's kind of like how an episode would start. Yeah, we're trying to get to the Josie and the Pussycats concert, uh, but we've lost our way out to your creepy house in the middle of the forest that currently has no murders in it, I assume. Because people don't assume that. Could you direct us back to the highway and we'll be on our way? Now, don't pretend to be a ghost and scare them away when they drive up. Don't put on a light show that implies pirates have come back from the dead. Don't dress up as a swamp creature and try to scare away the gang. You walk up to Freddy in your clothes, jeans, t-shirt, about as normal as humans can get, jeans and a t-shirt, maybe an old hat. I like a good hat. Oh, well, young man. Yeah, you've just made a wrong turn. You go back about 10 minutes. You've probably turned left. You should have turned right. That'll take you back onto the main road. The main road, go about a mile or so down that. Take about another five minutes. Uh, and you'll see the turn onto the highway. That'll get you to the city, uh, which will, of course, lead you to the Josie and the Pussycats concert for a crossover episode. Have a good day. Now, Velma's in the in the car. She's the smart one, you know, because she wears glasses. She's less attractive. And she's looking at this with scrutiny. She's not seeing any ghosts. She's not seeing any pirates. She's not seeing anything out of the ordinary. She's a man telling another man where to go. Give him directions. And he seems very pleasant about it. Don't seem nervous. I mean, if I've just killed someone, maybe... This is something I do all the time, so the, the nerves are gone. This isn't like an escalation episode, and it's my first kill. I'm writing that in there uh, just because uh, that's one of the things you would want to do to get rid of them, is not be nervous. But even then, like, a strange van rolls up onto your property. A little bit of nerves would be normal, and Velma could explain that away for you. So, Jinkies, Freddy gets back in the van. I don't know if that's his name, I actually forget. I'm pretty sure it is. He gets back in the van. They turn around, they drive back, they go to the Josie and the Pussycats concert, and I go back uh, into the house and use some lye to start to dissolve the body uh, until I have just bones. And then I put the bones in a wood chipper. I take the chips of the bones and I take them to a local lake and I throw them in and they dissolve and get eaten by fish. Uh, and there are no remnants after that. There's no evidence. Uh, you have to bleach all surfaces. I mean, they will know that something happened there, but they won't be able to prove it was human blood. So you bleach every surface that was covered in blood. Uh, then if you want to be really thorough, you get a black light. It's your house, so your fingerprints don't matter. Your hair uh, and whatnot doesn't matter. You can leave those in place. But you get a black light and you find any drops of blood. So it's those droplets that would actually be the only exposing thing. Uh, then you cover those up again with bleach. That'll degrade the, the DNA and the evidence that it was actually human blood in any real way. Then you go back to watching TV. Then maybe you go on the internet and watch that uh, adult video of those young 
people that you just ran into. So I've been growing a beard since November. And around that time, people started asking me if I wasn't shaving for no shave November. And honestly, I'd heard of it, but I didn't know what it was for. It's a Western thing. I've lived in Japan. It clearly became a thing after I left North America. Uh, so I'd heard it talked about. I'd heard it people mention it and stuff, but I didn't know what it was for. I knew it was for some kind of awareness activity or disease or something. Uh, and so when it came up multiple times, I, I felt, oh, you know, I should actually ask, what is No Shave November for? Because I also knew maybe that was around the time when they did No Nut November where people don't masturbate, but then, so I didn't know if those were connected. Now, it turns out you're not shaving to promote prostate health. So you should get maybe your prostate examined. You should uh, get checked out regularly. Older men, certainly like myself, get a camera put up there. I had a camera put up there. I think I actually related that story. It was one of the most humiliating experiences of my life. If I'm telling it that way, it might actually deter some people from going to do it. You should do it. At the end of the day, I'm glad I did it. It was just horrible all around. So now I feel like I have to tell that story. I think I've told this story is the problem. But the short version is, uh, they gave me this stuff to drink that was supposed to flush out my system and I started throwing up because it was just too much stuff in my stomach, I guess. Very Japanese thing. First thing we do is call the, the hospital and say like, I'm not able to keep it down. And the, the, the person we spoke to said, but it's the mild stuff. So, you know, I don't care if it's the mild stuff. If I'm throwing it up, I'm throwing it up. It's not actually solving the problem. Then they say, well, come on in. And come on in means come on in and get an enema. And they pull out like a 500 milliliter Pepsi can of liquid they're going to put up my butt. And I said to the lady, that's not going up my butt. She said, no, I will. And I said, mm, I think you're going to try. I just don't think you're going to be successful because nothing's ever been up my butt before. And don't think that's where we're going to start. I wasn't trying to be difficult. I was trying to warn her of the eventuality that even though I was on her side in this process, I did not think we were going to be successful as a team unless we kind of worked things out together. So she put a little uh, lubricants, I assume, on my butt. And uh, then, then not very gently, quite frankly, made my first insertion into a new world. And this is where No Shave November kind of came to mind with these two things is if you're not shaving your face, you should shave your butt. Because if it's about prostate health and you're not shaving your face, that actually doesn't connect directly. But if you shave your butt, I mean, that's what the doctor has to look at. And you're making it maybe a more pleasurable experience for him or her. So something to consider. Maybe in the future, what we do is no shave November on the face, but very shave November on the butt, the Brazilian butt. Get that taken care of. And make sure the doctor has a good experience as much as you. Now that's special. And that's something to keep in mind. Is if you're going to put extra effort in stuff, you know, think about others. Since the doctor's got to look at that thing, let's clean that up. The nurse, if we go back to my story, did attempt to flush out the whole system. And it was a, it was a good effort. I was not successful as I predicted. And I had to then put on a diaper. I had to clench as best I could and, and put on a diaper. Now in Japan, they have adult diapers. There's one of the stories that came out, I think it was last year, that they sell more adult diapers in Japan than baby diapers. 
So they had those on hand, but they only have Japanese sizes. Now, one of the problems I've experienced in Japan my whole time here is that Japanese sizes tend to go from svelte, slim, relatively small male to sumo with nothing in between. Now, if I was going to be on one side or the other, I would probably be closer to the sumo size, but certainly not realistically so. Uh, and since we were talking about my rectum being packed full of liquid and very dirty liquid at that, I figured we should go for extra absorbency packaging than too small. It just seemed like the more reasonable step to take. So I put on the sumo diaper and I had to waddle butt clenched across the hall to the bathroom, to the toilet, where I could then release. Now this showed the lack of forethought and planning on the whole thing. Because I looked at my wife and I said, should I put on my shorts or should I just walk across the hallway uh, with the sumo diaper on? And she was having trouble not laughing the whole time just looking at me because this is one of those things. I didn't say it as calmly as I did just now because I was fully clenched at the time with a uh, rectum full of liquid that wanted to burst forth uh, like a horror movie. So the tone was panicked. I was already humiliated. And, and this was not going to get better. My wife was like, just, just go across the hall. At this point, it does not matter. And it was true. Putting my shorts on over the giant diaper would not have been more dignified. So I waddled across, butt clenched, to the hallway to where the door to the bathroom was. And I went to open the bathroom door and it was locked because someone was in there. And that is where, again, the sort of breakdown in planning had obviously happened. Because they, not that I deserve to have a bathroom reserved for me exclusively. But in this particular situation, we know there is a time limit uh, to what can and cannot be done. And the time limit in this case was short. Uh, it was kind of like the tense bomb scene at the end of a movie. Now, luckily, the person did leave very quickly. So the timing did kind of work out. But that was serendipity. It had nothing to do with planning. Uh, then I went in and, and the bomb went off. But it went off in a safe way. I now imagine a guy from that Zero Dark Thirty movie coming at me really slowly in that full uniform, asking me if I've gone to the toilet. Then we haven't even got the camera out the butt yet. I did, and they were actually going to do a biopsy, which meant they were going to snake the camera up my butt and, you know, take a piece of my intestine from the inside out, which was a very weird feeling. Because you could feel the camera sort of hit the corner of your intestines and turn around and go the other way. Uh, and then you could really feel it take a chunk out. Like, it hurt. Uh, the man put on some numbing gel before he went in. Of course, this is a man who shoves cameras up people's butts all day, every day. He's a specialist. He was very good. I don't want to actually insult him. Uh, but I, I was thoroughly humiliated at this point and, and feeling unhappy with just the state of existence. So I was in a bad mood. And the doctor, quite happily, starts talking to my wife like, oh, where did you learn English? You know, you've been married for a long time. You know, sort of, you know, nice daily chat. My wife looked at him and said, he's in a really bad mood right now. You might want to just concentrate on what you're doing. And she was right. There are very few people who can read my emotions. I try to keep it all very in, you know, pack all your feelings down into a little black ball in your stomach and then someday it will metastasize and turn into cancer and you'll die. That's how I've been raised as a man. Uh, but she was right. I was incredibly unhappy 
And I just wanted this over with. And I wanted him to be dead silent and just do his job and concentrate. I really wanted the man with the camera at my butt to concentrate, maybe more than anything else. We got it done and I was fine. There was no problems found. So we're very thankful for that. And afterwards, of course, I, I was actually very appreciative of the doctor. But yeah, it's tough, but it, at least it's a good story. So get your butt checked. One of the things I profess on this podcast is to think about stuff. Now, tend to think about the stupid stuff. That's kind of the goal of this podcast is to take the stupid stuff of the world. Let's think about it seriously. Have a good time sort of opening it up and looking through it. That does mean that I am a thinker. I think everyone is. But that doesn't mean my thinking process is always perfect. And one of the things I like to do is when I buy stuff, I like to have a purpose for it and try to plan it out and get the perfect purchase. I, I do put a lot of thought into certain purchases, others not so much. I needed a bag for judo. And this is an example of overthinking something almost. I folded up my judo suit and I measured it. And then I was like, okay, now what I'm going to do is find a bag that fits perfectly, a backpack that fits this perfectly that has other attributes that I like. So I found what's called a slingback. It's got one strap that goes across the front and it had uh, the sort of main package area was exactly the fit for my judo suit, which was great. And then it had a little extra bag, uh, a little extra pocket on the front that I could, you know, put other stuff in. And I was thinking, oh, tape from judo, maybe a pen, notebook, you know, the basic things that people sort of carry with them, but not very much. This was a problem because I had failed to take into account several other aspects of living a whole day and going to judo. Because I don't go from home to judo. I usually go from home to work, to judo, to home again. And so there are several things that happen. One is that I will eat food or drink water or have something, some sort of, some form of sustenance with me. So that has to go into the bag. Uh, because I'm going from work to home, quite often I don't want to change back into my work clothes. So I actually need to bring some other clothes. Usually it's just a t-shirt or a sweater or something that I can change into. Uh, it's more comfortable on my trip home. I didn't think about taking a shower after judo and carrying a towel. So now I have a bottle that I put either my food supplement in or my drink. That has to go in my bag. I have a towel. Now I've bought one of these sort of sports towels that's really dry. It's relatively small, but it's still, it's in a package. It goes into my bag. I have to put in another t-shirt. That has to go in my bag. I actually put in a separate pair of underwear. I don't want to wear the same underwear that I wore in judo home because they are gross, covered in sweat. And that's uncomfortable, especially after I've taken a shower, I don't want to get back into sweaty underwear. So I have to bring another pair of underwear. Now you think each one of these things individually is very small, but we're talking about two containers, another t-shirt, some underwear, and I wear a sports shirt under my judo suit to, to keep me warmer and actually helps heat up your body a little faster that to stave off some injuries, but also to get you to burn more calories as you exercise. So that's actually two shirts. Now, on top of that, there would be anything else. So I have a little notebook that I use for like notes, for ideas, for the podcast, things like that. That goes with me every day. Uh, but then I have a secondary notebook, maybe for work. I have a tertiary notebook that I have for some other project that I'm working on. Now I have three or four notebooks. Now the bag itself is becoming almost impossible to close because these relatively small additions cumulatively are quite large. Should I ever have to carry a computer? 
or something of that size, I would actually need another separate bag. So this is just an example of, yes, I technically thought out this process perfectly, but my perfectness in this case failed to take into account other aspects of existence. And so it didn't fail miserably because I just force everything in there and I push it down because it's a judo suit. It can take being pushed and crushed for stuff. That doesn't actually negatively impact the suit itself. But if I was dealing with equipment of any sort, this would have been a massive mistake. Now, I also failed to take into account that since it's a slingback and it goes over one shoulder and you can make it very tight, so it's actually very snug. And I could run with this on my back. I, I've never run in my life. I hate running. But it also means that all the pressure is on one shoulder the whole time I'm carrying it. That's actually bad because, again, this isn't a single instance. This is cumulative. Let's say over the course of a day, I go to work with my backpack on. I walk from work to the judo club with my backpack on. I walk from the judo club back to the train with the backpack on. I'm on the train for that whole time with the backpack on. I walk from the train station back to my house. So that's a huge amount of time I'm wearing this and all the pressure is on one shoulder. I should have gotten a proper backpack with two straps or something like that that would have distributed the weight more equally over my body. Now, the bag's still really good. And actually, the other mistake I've made is I've bought an incredibly durable backpack. It's actually military grade. It's, it's rated hazard four, which I don't know what that means. It just means super tough. But that means it's going to be years and years and years and years before the thing degrades to a point where I can actually throw it away justifiably. And it was also super expensive. So when you think things out perfectly, that's great because it shows you're putting real consideration into what your actions or what you're doing. I don't know how to correct this. This is actually the issue I want to get to, is how do you correct this? How do you get past this? How do you make sure you haven't only thought perfectly about a single aspect and not expanded your view? Now, I'm assuming that's time and experience. So should I have to buy another backpack, I will have this experience to go on, and I will know I need to say, I need to buy a backpack with more space in it. So I guess... When you have to do something similar to what I've just explained, it's actually worthwhile to find someone who has a similar experience, already had done it, and actually ask them for what they did. This would be a case where actual people with actual experience uh, doing something maybe is more valuable. Because you're not going to know if you've really thought it out perfectly until it's too late. Podcast. Velosa Podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. And I really look forward to hopefully hearing from some of you. And I really look forward to hearing from...